Hello and welcome to Atlantic Conversations. I'm Fanula Sweeney. The Atlantic Fellowship Programme works with a diverse community of leaders around the world with a common commitment to fairer, healthier, more inclusive societies. Through its seven programmes focused on equity and healthcare, socio-economic equity and racial equity, the Atlantic Fellowships offer committed leaders from around the world an opportunity to gain new perspectives and new colleagues while strengthening their confidence in their work for change. In each podcast, I'll be speaking to an Atlantic Fellow about their work and ambitions for a more just world. For this series, I travel to Bangkok to meet up with some of the first Atlantic Fellows from the Equity in Brain Health and Health Equity Southeast Asia programmes. Today, I'm joined by Sati Raswanto, an Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity in Southeast Asia. Sati is co-founder and managing director of Endeavour Indonesia, which develops high-impact entrepreneurs. I asked her why she wanted to become an Atlantic Fellow. I need to go back to the context of where I'm from. I'm currently leading an entrepreneurship organization called Endeavour. It's a global platform that works with high-impact entrepreneurs and try to accelerate their growth. We define high-impact entrepreneurs as entrepreneurs who think of their success as a measure of their influence rather than the size of their company. Steve Jobs, for example, these are entrepreneurs whose impact goes above and beyond for society. And so we're trying to cultivate that in the markets that we're in, which in my case is Indonesia. How does that sit with people who are in business to make money? We're in the business of shifting their mindset that as entrepreneurs, they have a contribution to society beyond making profits. Our high-impact entrepreneurs are not necessarily just social entrepreneurs. We define social impact as job creation and as that role modeling and positive contribution to society in a wider context rather than just working on social issues. Because in Indonesia, entrepreneurship is relatively new let alone social entrepreneurship. Unlike in the U.S. where you have different categorization of different companies and then you have different tax rate applied on them, in Indonesia we don't have yet those distinctions. We have foundations and then we have for-profit companies. And so what attracted you to this kind of industry? I'm actually a public sector person at heart. All I ever wanted to do in life is to leave it better than when I come in. I want to be a net contributor, contribute more than I consume from this world. Entrepreneurship is just a vehicle. In the private sector, a lot of the times they don't necessarily understand the role that they have in society. But once they know that they have a role, they're very quick in mobilizing resources. And can you give us an example of someone in your network who has had that high impact? One of our entrepreneurs, his name is Aldi Hario Pratomo. He started a company that essentially digitized mom and pop shops. Small shops on the street owned by a family. By a family. Usually the mother is the one manning the shop. His idea is since the mom or the shop owner is there all day anyway, how do you leverage technology in order to increase their income? So he started off by enabling them to sell phone credits. Phone credits in Indonesia used to be quite expensive. They're sold in $10, $20 chunks. Whereas at the bottom of the pyramid level, people need to buy them at $1 or $2 chunks. So he worked with the telco companies, enabled these mom and pop shops to then buy phone credit from his company so that they can sell it. 
And then, of course, from there, essentially, they become a modern retail channel. They can receive bill payments and they can do a lot of other things. For some of these mom and pop shops, increases their revenue three, four or five times. The company has since been acquired by another Indonesian startup, which has grown really big, called Gojek. It's the Uber of Indonesia, and now they're expanding around Southeast Asia. The founder have now become the head of GoPay, which is the payment part. I find it an interesting story because Aldi is a very public sector-oriented person. He cares a lot about social impact. He's that guy that you want to promote and see more of. And now he's working in a full for-profit company, yet his mission is to make sure that all Indonesians that are not financially included can be through his GoPay. How big is your network and how easy or difficult is it to attract people like Aldi? Locally, we're supporting right now 42 entrepreneurs with about 250 business leaders, seasoned entrepreneurs. All these people are donating time to either open markets to these entrepreneurs, provide money, provide connection. But globally, we are about 1,500 entrepreneurs in 30-plus market. In how long or short a time? In Indonesia, we're six and a half years old, but globally, we're 20 years old. Does it surprise you the extent to which it's growing in Indonesia? Definitely. When we started, there was no startup in Indonesia, maybe one or two. There was no notion of mentoring. I remember approaching executives to be our first mentor cohort. And they would say, Sati, I understand that I can mentor my future manager or director, but I don't know what role I have to play mentoring entrepreneurs. I'm not a founder, never work for my own company. Then they later find out that they learn a lot from the entrepreneurs. And they keep on saying that one of the things that they really gain is understanding how do you solve a problem when you have limited resources like entrepreneurs. So it becomes a virtuous cycle. Let me ask you about being an Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity Southeast Asia. Becoming an Atlantic Fellow has given you what? That is quite transformative. I know that I've always been a public sector person at heart, but what I discovered through the fellowship is that I am a very Indonesian person. So every time there was an opportunity for me to expand beyond Indonesian causes, I would pause and decide not to pursue them. I didn't realize how bounded I was with this identity of being Indonesian. Through the fellowship, in addition to meeting other fellows from different countries, we were also exposed to different social issues of other countries. I think it was in the Philippines where I realized, oh, social issues are social issues everywhere. Human problems are human problems everywhere. And of course, I knew it in my head, but I didn't feel it. Coming out of that fellowship, I now actually feel I can contribute beyond Indonesia. I felt ready to play a bigger role. How do you see yourself playing that role in the coming years? Right now, I am transitioning out of my current role in Indonesia. One of the things I learned from listening to mentoring and listening to people who I admire as leaders is that as a leader, you need to know when to step back because it should not be about you. Part of your legacy should be to make sure that whatever it is that you built and create sustain long after you're gone. So I felt after six and a half years, it's time to help Endeavor go through that process. As I'm going through that process, I'm also thinking about what's next. And I've found myself gravitating 
towards one role where I can have a sphere of influence beyond Indonesia. Secondly, and this is where the health equity piece comes in, is I'm actually looking more into working in the health sector, either for a fund that focuses around building health companies or actually joining a health tech company myself, maybe. So you have an open road ahead of you. Yes. Well, very good luck with that. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you. And that was Sati Raswanto, Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity in Southeast Asia. For more information, you can visit www.atlanticfellows.org. I'm Fanula Sweeney, and you've been listening to the Atlantic Conversations podcast.